Let's turn to the scriptures. Let's turn to the second epistle to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3. This evening we want to speak on the last days and perilous times. We have covered some ground and have tried to do it in a, a peace formation. And I was talking to Pastor Briggs earlier and he says, Ken, I enjoyed what you brought last night. He says, I think you tried to squeeze in about four sermons for people there in the one, and I did. And he's 100% right. I could have took a week in that last night alone, but it was to try because of our short period of time to bring you along somewhere else. We may mention some of them again tonight, but we have looked at the, the, the seven times punishment of Israel and the seven times punishment of Judah, and we have looked at the seven times punishment finishing. And if you've missed it, we'll not go through it to, because you'll confuse you tonight. But as we have looked at it, we've seen how the time scales was the raising up of Britain and America, or as I should say, United States and then uh, Great Britain and the Commonwealth, uh, or the Empire. And then after that, we looked at the, the liberation of that finished time of Judah, but being the liberation of Jerusalem in 1917. There's a seven times punishment finished. In 1917, when the British Army under General Allenby liberated Jerusalem, and we looked then at the parable of the fig tree, and looked at how the figs were a symbol of Jewry or, the, or pardon me, of the Jews or Judah, and we looked at how then after 1917 we saw arising the parable of the fig tree, and all the trees of the field, the new nations that have sprung up, and Jesus says, when you see these things, I'm coming soon. And so we looked then last night at the, the beast, the dragon, and the false prophet. And we looked at the European Union. And tonight we're going to look at the state of the world in general, and God willing and God helping. We're going to look and we're going to show you some of the old names for some of the nations that are involved around the Middle East and the world tonight, the Lord helping us. So the last days and perilous times is the title for this evening. Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning to read at verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's just pray again. Father, bless your word to our hearts. Glorify your name. Help us to see what time it is. That the time of the Lord and your second coming is at hand. And we pray, O oh God, that you'd help us, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth of yours. And we ask you, Father, that you would inscribe it in every heart and print it upon our minds. All things that are of you, O oh God, we ask you to bring to our remembrance. Stir our hearts through your spirit. That the preaching of your word may we rejoice in you, who know you as our Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord, if there is one who's come tonight and they don't know you, Lord Jesus, as their own personal Savior, we pray, Lord, that they will see the urgency of the need of the salvation of their souls. And we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name, 
that we would hear the cry of new birth. And Lord, that you would be glorified. We love you and we worship you. We ask it in your precious name. Amen. In the reading of our text here from 2 Timothy, you notice what it says here in our first verse. This know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Notice, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Reverend Harry Bissaker, professor of Richmond College, said this concerning these words. He said, it speaks of future error and its present germs. Timothy must consider future as well as present dangers. The germs of evil indeed are already present. Now that's what this professor says that Paul is saying to a young Timothy. Saying, Timothy, the germs of evil are already present. And in these last days it will increase and men will get worse and worse and worse. For example, let me look at the last days. The last days are spoken of by the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice this, it says in Acts 2 and verse 17, Peter says, and it shall come to pass, notice, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. In verse 21 he says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men and women were seeing from their religious Jewish backgrounds a band of men and women who were touched and filled by the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, they were touched up by the Spirit such so powerfully, they were acting as though they were drunken in the Spirit. And they came, they were speaking with other tongues as the Spirit would give them utterance. And Peter defends them by saying they thought that they were in the pubs, as it were, and they were drunk. They'd been drinking all night. And Peter says, sure, as it were, the very drinking houses, the pubs aren't even open yet. And he says, these people are not drunk with wine as you think. He says, but they were drunk on new wine of the Spirit. And he says, this is what the Old Testament prophet had said, that God would pour out of his Spirit. And when? In the last days. So now the last days speak of around this time of Pentecost. And now notice again in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers, by the prophets, in other words, unto the in the Old Testament prophets, he says, he spoke unto them, to our fathers through the Old Testament prophets. He says, hath in these, notice, last days, spoken unto us by his Son, the only begotten Son, the Son of his love, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he hath spoken to us through him in the last days. So brothers and sisters, friends, notice this. The last days started at the time of the new covenant being ushered in. And the Lord says he would make that new covenant in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. It's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 8, and it's mentioned again in Hebrews chapter 10. He says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, 
that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And that new covenant was ratified when Christ died on the cross and he shed his precious blood for our forgiveness of sin and for our redemption. So the last days, as in the time of Christ and the new covenant, the last days are in the times of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so whenever we look at this in our reading in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and pardon me, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So you might say, well, we're living 2,000 years later, and you're saying it was the last days when Peter preached in Pentecost, and it was the last days when Christ shed his blood and spoke uh, uh, to, to, the, to the Jews or to Judah at uh, Jerusalem and around Galilee. And you're saying that, but we're 2,000 years on, and how can we be in the last days? Well, friend, it's like this. A day is with the Lord is a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is as one day. So as far as the Lord's concerned in that economy, God has only called his son to stand at his right hand of power two days ago. And so it is not a long time at all. We are living in the last of the last days. In fact, we looked on Sunday evening at the importance of the third day. And so we are living in the third day. The third day is the, 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 the 2,000 years. The third day is when Christ is coming again. We don't know the day, we don't know the hour, but that third day gives us the bracket. We looked at that, we may look at it again uh, tomorrow evening, but we also looked at it how the man who was uh, uh, beaten up by robbers and the good Samaritan takes him to the innkeeper and he gives him two pence. He says, look after him. And he says, whatsoever I owe thee, when I come back again, when I return, I will pay you two pence. It's a day for a penny a day was the wages in the Bible. And so two pennies was for two days. Two days is 2,000 years. And the Lord says, I'm coming again. He says, whatever I owe you, I will repay. And so Christ is saying that after 2,000 years, he will return in the third day, whatever I owe you. So the third day is the last days. We are living in the last of the last days, according to the scriptures. Now, we want to look at what it says in Genesis chapter 6 about the state of the perilous times that come in these last days. At the perilous times. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, please. And the Lord, he is seeing the wickedness of man, and he's going to destroy the earth. Genesis chapter 6. And let your eye run down to verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, notice that. God saw the wickedness of man on the earth in the days of Noah. God saw the violence that filled the earth. God saw the cruelty of man one against the other. And God said, enough is enough, and he then would destroy with the great flood or the deluge. And we're told in verse 6 a wonderful little scripture there. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The wonderful thing is that God came down and spoke words of help and blessing and salvation and comfort to Noah in his generations. And he says, Noah, preach that there is coming a day of judgment. 
Preach and tell the people, build an ark and this is the measurements and build it to these specifications. And of course, all who were in the ark would be saved. Now, what has that got to do with the days that we're living in? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24, please. Matthew chapter 24. The Lord Jesus is speaking. And let your eye run down to verse 36. Matthew 24, verse 36. The Lord Jesus says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus is saying, Nobody knows the day or the hour of his coming, not even the angels, not even himself. Now, listen, brothers and sisters, we know we hear people on all the time, and someone is setting a date when Christ is returning. The scripture says nobody knows it, the day or the hour. Now, let's leave it like that, and he'll come when the Father sends him. Now, notice what he says then in verse 37. He gives us an idea to look for the signs of his coming. But as it were in the days of Noah, but as the days of Noah were, pardon me, so, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus says, when I come back again, it's going to be like the days of Noah on the earth. There's going to be violence all over the earth. There's going to be wickedness. There's going to be sin. Men are going to not know the day, even though there'll be preaching, preaching of repentance from sin, preaching that there's salvation to be had, preaching there's an escape from judgment. Preaching there's an ark, which is Christ himself and his wonderful sacrifice at Calvary. He says, and you'll be preaching it. You'll be preaching me, he says. But on the day when I come back, he says, I will find the earth in a state like it was in the days of Noah. Now, I think if we look at these last days, and we see it's such a perilous time that we can see we're living in the last of the last days, that we are living in a time when virtually there's hardly a country in the whole globe now that isn't touched by something or other. Whether it's terrorist activity, whether it's bombs going off, places being shot up, heads being decapitated, or whether it's people being burned in cages, or children being molested, or gay pride parades, and, and all the things that are happening in every city throughout the world abortion on demand, the woman's liberation feminist march, or the left-wing liberal agenda who takes away all the things of God and the scriptures from out of society, atheism and humanism and godlessness of mankind. When we look at it, surely we must say that the wickedness of man prevails in the earth, and it is such as it were in the days of Noah. It's getting worse, and it's getting worse. And they know not that Christ is returning. They laugh to scorn when you tell them. They say it's a fanciful idea. People will turn and say that you and I were mad, we're crazy. But then the scriptures tell us that the, that the, the, the people will say that the spiritual man and the prophet are mad. And so in these days, people are saying we are mad, we are crazy to believe such things. In the days of Noah, the Lord says they knew not. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Now notice they didn't believe him. 
and they knew not until the flood came. But it was too late. It was too late. They didn't realize the day in which they lived. Again, the theme of this has been, what, what time is it in the world? What is, what is the, the time clock of the world? And I would say the time clock is that the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The time clock of the world is that the Father will send his Son soon. And he will set his kingdom up upon the earth. Notice this, it will be too late for men and women to be saved. God looked and they didn't realize that judgment was on its way. The depths of sin and depravity they had sank to, they didn't realize it was their last days. It was their last of the last days. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. God saw and they knew not. In our reading in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, This know also, or in other words, Paul says, Now know this. Now know this. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. The idea that Paul is speaking of here, know this also. It gives the idea of put this in your mind and keep keeping this in your mind. That's the idea of it. Put this in your mind and keep keeping it in your mind. Be always mindful. Be ever thoughtful of what you hear, he says, because in the last days, perilous times will come. Surely there are the germs, he says, even now. And by the end of the age, we find that the world is in a terrible state. The wonderful thing of it is, is in the last days, salvation by grace through faith, trusting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we mean the finished work? That when Christ was nailed to the cross, that when Christ shed his precious blood, my sin and your sin, he bore it in his own body on the tree. And then when he cried, it is finished. He had paid for our sins, our past, present, and even future. He cried, paid in full. And you and I were redeemed who have put our faith and trust in him. Can I ask you, are we all saved tonight? Are we all born of the Spirit tonight? Do we all know Christ as our own Lord and personal Savior? When you leave it too late and you know not until the Lord comes, or you know not until death wraps your door by accident or by illness or by whatever means or method or manner, when you come to Christ, God saw wickedness and he dealt with it in the earth. Matthew 24 says that no man will know his day nor the hour. And we don't know the day and the hour. I know, he says, uh, Paul says, know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. The last days. The word here for last days, it's the word eschatos. Eschatos. And this is what it means. It gives the idea of the farthest. The final. It gives the idea of the latter end or the uttermost days. That's what Paul's saying. So when Christ died and was buried and was resurrected and whenever he ascended into heaven and when the Holy Spirit came out, when the new covenant was, was ratified, we find that this was the last days looking to the uttermost, looking to the very finality, looking and they were pointing to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were saying this, evil will prevail, but glory, the Son is coming. 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he said, we're looking for him. We're watching and we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. And oh, we're still watching and waiting. But you know, I believe we're living in blessed days, even though they're dark days. We're living in, living in tremendous days, even though they're shady days. We're living in glorious days, even though they're wicked days, because Christ is coming. And we're looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. Praise the Lord. Here we find that they say that they're looking. Eskatos means the last days. They'll stretch right to the end of the age. And so when he says, old Bissaker says, this is future error with present germs, he was right. Second Timothy 3 and 1, I know this, and in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous needs looked at. It's the word kalephos. Kalephos, that means difficult times. It means dangerous times, fierce times, furious times, outrageous times. Now, brothers and sisters, listen. If we don't think that we're living in difficult, dangerous, fierce, furious, or outrageous times, then what are other times are we living in? Even people needing to go to travel on an aeroplane are almost stripped now and they're scanned to see fear for an attack on a plane. Dangerous times. Times when it's dangerous even to walk through many cities. Times whenever it's dangerous for people to be out on their own. Dangerous to go to certain countries now. It's dangerous no matter where we're going. Even land on a beach now, it can be dangerous uh, for we're waiting for attacks. And in the British, British Isles here, whether it's Ireland or the United Kingdom, we find it's dangerous because there are hordes that are coming in uh, and they're coming in with their gods and they're coming in with their idols and they're coming in with their temples and they're coming in with their ideology and they're coming in with their philosophy and they're setting up their idols to their gods and the dangerous times are they will overrun us because then you and I will need to bow to Sharia law. You and I are looking, they're looking at us to bow to their ways and their will but Christ is coming and he says dangerous times will come but praise the Lord the king is coming. The king is coming. Oh, surely we're living in those times, even this evening. Notice this. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown said this about it. These times, perilous times, are difficult times in which it is difficult to know what is to be done. I'm going to say it again. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown said, it means difficult times in which it is difficult to know what is to be done. And brothers and sisters, you look at all these Countries getting leaders getting together. And they're having all their great meetings. And they're having all their, their G20s. And they're having all, all their Camp Davids from years ago. And they're having all their meetings in Downing Street and Washington and Brussels and Belgium. And all over the place. They're calling together in the European Union. And they're pulling out their hair. And they're scratching their heads. And they're saying, what way will we turn? What will we do? And every time they come back, they come back empty-handed. They come back without any, anything to give us. They come back without anything positive. And they say there's nothing they can do but plans and purposes which come to nothing. They don't know what to do. Man is getting himself into a terrible predicament. And he doesn't know what to do. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 21, verses 25 to 28. Luke 21 verses 25 to 28. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars. Notice, and upon the earth, 
distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts filling them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Praise Him. All these things are around us and they're happening. Nation and kingdoms are at war one with another. We're living in dangerous and terrible times. But notice it says, upon the earth, distress of nations with a perplexity. See the word distress there? It comes with a root word which means anxiety. It's a word sunake. And it means to have great anxiety. Anxiety among the nations. Brothers and sisters, are you seeing the same news that I am seeing? Are you hearing the same things that I am hearing? Are you watching the same things that I have seen uh, that's going on around our nation, around the planet? Are we not saying, Lord, there's anxiety in everyone? There's anxiety whether there's going to be trouble here or trouble there? Are we not looking at it and saying, these are the days that we are living in? Is it not so anxious that this is the root word of it, to compress your ears like this? This is what we're like now. And now we're getting to the place we're so anxious, we're afraid to offend. We're afraid to be saying what we believe and what we think in case we're arrested. We're afraid in case someone attacks us, we become the target of media. We're afraid and we hold our ears and say, don't tell me the truth because I'll have to do something with it for I will have responsibility. So many puppets won't preach the truth. They'll tell you your tickling stories and they'll pat you on the back and they'll have fun and games in the church. Friend, I can tell you something. The church needs to stand up and preach out. Sure, what if it costs you? It costs me. What if it costs you? And I can tell you something. It costs me. Yes, it has cost me. But God's blessing me. (laughs) I can tell you that. He says, them that honor me, I will honor. Them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Notice this. Now notice this. The word perplexity. It says, upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. The word perplexity is the word aporia, and it means in a state of quandary. It means it'll have no way out. And it means to be at a loss mentally what to do. Jesus uses these words. He says, it's coming upon the earth. And before I come, he says, this is what it's going to be like. Friend, what time is it in the earth? It's time to seek the Lord. What time is it? It's time if you're not saved to get right with God. It's time to come under the fountain of blood and to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, friend, it's time, church, to be up and doing for the Master and the Savior. It means here to be at a loss mentally. In other words, they don't know how to deal with it and you're almost going insane with it. It gives the idea also They've got themselves into a cul-de-sac and they can't get themselves back out. (laughs) They've got themselves into their cul-de-sac and they can't get themselves back out. How is this earth? How are the leaders, and they're only men at the end of the day, only women, but how are the leaders of this planet and these nations, how are they ever going to get us out of the mess that we're in? How are they ever going to do it? The only way they can do it, and I believe it with all my heart, is if they turn to the Lord. If they call upon the name of God. Oh, I'd love to see Queen Elizabeth calling a national day of prayer. 
and calling us to prayer in every cathedral, in every church, in every denomination. I'd love her to say to the Archbishop of Canterbury, call my people to pray that we would seek the face of God. I'd love to see it coming into Downing Street. I want to hear it from, I'd like you to hear it from some of the people in the States. I want it to be true and not false. I want it to be real where our leaders would turn around and lead us and say we must turn back to the God of our fathers. We must call upon the name of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name and start to fill everywhere. Men and women getting on their knees in the streets and crying on to God. Oh, I believe God would turn us around. Would give us the wisdom and give us the knowledge to know what to do. Yes, he says, it will be in a perplexity. Listen to W.E. Vine. Listen to this on the words perilous. Perilous. He says it means at a loss for a way. The stress of nations of no way out. No solution to their embarrassments. At one's wit's end. At a loss how to proceed. Without resources. Isn't that just mark us down to a T? Isn't that just the world's leaders today? Look at the state of Germany. The state of it. The state of Sweden. There's a whole city now almost given over to Islam in Sweden. A whole city. Dearborn in the United States. It's firstly a whole city of Islamists. the state of our nation think about this the state of the world that collapse of the financial market the banks being bailed out by the taxpayer even as I mentioned last night you and I becoming the very slaves of the slave drivers of the banking system decline of commerce loss of jobs governments sinking us more and more into debt Our military, our soldiers are dying in foreign lands that they shouldn't even be in. And they're dying and they're dying there. They're not even equipped with the right materials and the right weaponry. They're sending young men out and they're bringing them back in boxes. Being slain on the streets of our own nation. Mark 13 and 8, Jesus says, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be earthquakes in divers places. There shall be famines and troubles. He says, these are the beginning of sorrows. I think we're well into now the beginning of sorrows. I think we're at a place now, the last of the last days, when we are to look up and to lift up our heads for our redemption draught now. Praise the Lord. Yes, wars. Conflicts, riots, uprising, terrorism are rife around the world in almost every continent and in some way incorporating almost every country. The United States and Great Britain are in a quandary and don't know how to fix it and they don't know what to do. Armageddon is at the door. Turn with me to Ezekiel 38. Again, this is one of those ones where you could spend a night or two on this one alone. 
Pastor Griggs, isn't that right? You could spend a night on this chapter alone. And we're just going to read down. I'm going to mention a few of these as we, as we do read down these. Chapter 38, Ezekiel 38 and verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, prophesy against him. Now notice, Gog, the land of Magog. Gog means big, massive, colossal, gigantic. Okay, and Magog, it's believed that by many is another area of the area of Russia. Eastern Russia, Western Russia. Russia can almost be divided now into Islamic to the east and atheist communism stroke of some type of what they call Christianity. I don't believe they're saved at all, but nevertheless, and that sort of people in there, there are Christians there, don't be, get me wrong, that are getting saved. But I'm talking about nationally speaking. The chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, many believe are the ancient names of Moscow and Tobolsk or the areas where they are. Now notice what it says here. Verse 2, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma from the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Notice, in the latter years. Thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it, is, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up the land of all wall villages, I will go to them that are at rest and dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, neither having bars nor gate, to take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lands thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? The Lord says that this Gog and Magog will come with a confederation of nations. The horses and horsemen uh, to the north of them, we are told that they come from the north parts, if you read verse 15, he says, Thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses in a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. Notice when it says, It shall be in the latter days. 
And now notice this. There's a remnant of Judah in the Holy Land, as it's known. Palestine, Canaan land, Judea. And there's going to be an evil thought that comes into this Colossus of the north. Some argue that it is going to be the eastern side of Islam that comes down. And some say it's all of them that come down. I say there's a, an evil thought will be in their, all of their minds. And they will come down toward Jerusalem. Now, at the moment, Russia is in Syria. They have a great seaport in the Mediterranean Sea. Not only have they a seaport, they have a great military base there now. They are, they are playing uh, Bashar al-Assad uh, with um, multiple amounts of ammunition and rockets and, and explosives to be able to quench the, the rebellion or now ISIS. And so this war is taking place. And Syria is mentioned with this confederacy. With Syria and Russia now are in alignment with Iran. They are friends with them. And of course then we have Lebanon are friends with them too. So there's that axis right the whole way across there. Horses and horsemen speaks of, it's believed to speak of the Khosar region or the Bolshevik region where many would come down from there. The steppes of Russia, in other words. Somewhere around Khazarian Empire was where the Turkoid people were, the Tartars. And of course, you would get right up around by the north of the Ukraine where there's a war going on there. Now, I notice this. America has placed... 4,000 troops just last week on the borders of Poland to face against the, 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 uh, the Russia. America has placed them there. Britain has now poured hundreds of troops in around the same area now as well. They have moved their nuclear warheads. Uh, Russia has moved their nuclear warheads and nuclear submarines now sitting off the Syrian coast. They now have them there with the capability to strike from any point of the Mediterranean. All of these things are gathering together as we speak tonight in 2017. Now, notice this. It mentions here a conglomerate or a, a, a confederacy of, of nations. It mentions Persia. Persia is the ancient name of Iran today and Iraq. Part of Iraq anyhow. Uh, so that's Persia. Ethiopia isn't just a country we know today as Ethiopia then. It was most of the north parts of uh, Africa was Ethiopia. And then, of course, there's Libya in there too. Then there was Gomer and all his bands. Some say that this may be an Eastern Europe or else Western Turkey that will come. And, of course, then Turkey are known also in this as the House of Tagarma. Now, the House of Tagarma come from the north quarters, which is north of the land of Israel. Him and all, he and all his bands. Who are Turkey's bands? But those who go out towards the east, the boundary between China, Mongolia, and Russia to the east. And that's the Stan countries. Turkestan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, and so on. They were satellite countries of the old USSR, now rising up, and they're all Islamic. And so they will come with Turkey. Now the, 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 the Turkey's going through a hard time at the minute with uh, explosives and, and murders there and terrorism. But don't be surprised at that because the devil will always fight one against the other and destroy anyhow. And what happens is the man who's now in charge of Turkey, he is an Islamist. And he's looking for an Islamic republic there also, not just a secular one too. So we have all of these coming together. 
So what takes place? In verse 8 it says, After many days I shall be visited in the latter years. And then in verse 16 it says, It shall be in the latter days. It shall be in the latter days. Now we are in those latter days. And this is what we are seeing happening. He says, I shall come out of thy place out of the north parts. So when this happens, what brings World War III? Is it because of Syria? No. I'll tell you what brings World War III. The Jewish Zionist state brings World War III. That's what brings it because, listen, it says, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lands thereof shall say unto thee, unto Gog Magog, art thou come to take a spoil? What do you think you're doing? And here we find Sheba and Dedan. Now they are a bit harder to recognize. Some say they would be uh, alliance with some of the, the peninsula, uh, softer uh, Islamic people. We're not sure about that. The merchants of Tarsus, Tarsus means smelting. Britain was known for its smelting mines. And the great naval fleet of Britain, when we had Britannia rules the waves, and we had a great uh, seaports that came right down into the Mediterranean, even in the days of Solomon, they went for copper and for tin, and they made brass out of it. And so these merchants of Tarsus, although Tarsus is on the, on the west coast of Spain, but the whole coastlands and the islands there, there's ancient maps that says the Isles of Tarsus when you look at it. So Britain with the United States, her brother United, in the United States, will come into this, and they are coming to this. And now America and Russia are saber-rattling tonight, even as we speak. Now we see Putin has, has, uh, has now made friends to a degree uh, with Donald Trump because he's become president. Now that could be a good thing to try and stem the backhand of war, or that can be a bad thing because two men who are willing to go to war very quickly. And so what we have now is that we have all these nations rising up at this last time. And the merchants of Tarsus, the young lions, the mother lion of Great Britain, the British lion is about to roar again. And all the young lions of the Commonwealth, which fought so bravely in the First World War and in the Second World War and other wars, they're going to say, are you come to take a spoil? And they'll come together to fight for Britain. Now notice this. There's two alliances. Turn with me to Psalm 83. Psalm 83. Psalm 83. Now, notice this. I want to just run through these quickly with you. Notice what it says, verse 1. Keep not thy silence, O God. Hold not thy peace. And be not still, O God, for lo, thine enemies make a tumult. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Notice, these people, whether they're atheists or whether they're Islamists. You see, the, Islam, the Muslims do not worship the same God of our fathers. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is not the God of Islam. They're two different gods. There only is one God, but you know what I'm saying. And he's saying, these, these people hate you, O God. They hate you. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in the remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Notice this now. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites of Moab and the Hagarines 
Gebal and Ammon and Amalek and the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. Asher also was joined with them. They have opened or helped the children of Lot. And then it says Selah. So now they're crying, these are the nations. Now listen to this. I'll rhyme these off. Edom was, comes from Esau, Jacob's brother, who denied his birthright and sold it for a pot of a pottage of stew. And so his descendants, who are trying to steal the birthright of God's people. Now I notice this. Edom are there. The Ishmaelites, or the Arab nations, Saudi Arabia. Moab is Jordan. The Hagarines is Egypt. Believed to be from Hagar. Hagar with Abraham, who had Ishmael. And then there is Gebal, or, which is believed to be part of Lebanon. Ammon is another part of Jordan. It was around the same area mass. Amalek, Sinai, uh, Peninsula, Arabs, some of them. Philistines is believed to be around where the region of Gaza is today. The inhabitants of Tyre is there too. And then there's Asher. You know where Asher is? It's Syria today and Iraq. That's the modern names for these places. And the children of Lot are also in Lebanon. Notice this. The children of Lot are the children who are both come from an ancestral relationship of Lot with his daughters. And these peoples are still in the earth. They're descendants of them. Now there's war all over. In 2000, the year 2000, listen to this, I mentioned it briefly during the week, maybe it was the last night, I can't remember, I've preached to you that much. In the year 2000, countries that were without a Rothschild's bank, a central-owned bank, okay? In the year 2009, the countries that were without a centralized bank owned by the Rothschild family. Listen to the countries. Afghanistan. Iraq. Sudan. Libya. Cuba. Korea and Iran. And what am I saying to you? Look where the wars are. Afghanistan. The one world government, the new world order, are run by these banking systems. And their greed for money, they're sending our governments, are sending them into war. Our young men to die for these greedy bankers. Listen to this. By 2011, by 2011, the year what was known as the Arab Spring or the winter of discontent, there were only three countries left. And that's till today. Cuba. Do you remember they were wondering why Cuba was being allowed to trade again with the United States after so many years under Barack Obama? Do you ever wonder why? Because the bankers had Barack Obama go and make it with Cuba because they're next. Cuba. Listen, North Korea. You ever wonder why they're trying to make sure they have enough rockets in North Korea? Yes, the man in North Korea, he's, they're crazy. Yeah, absolutely. 
but they're having these rockets because they know that they may be next for the Jewish centralized bankers. Like the Rothschilds and the Bilderberger families and the Oppenheimers and the Goldman Sachs. Notice this too. Iran. Where is the saber rattling all the time now against? I know they're saying that the Jews should be wiped off the map and all, but nevertheless, on those things, who are they always looking to to pose next? Why do you think Saddam Hussein went? Saddam Hussein wanted to stop trading with the petrodollar, and so it was time he had to go. Weapons of mass destruction, and they couldn't find him because they weren't there. An illegal war happened. British and American and other nations' troops came home in body bags for the greed of man. But God sees it. God sees it. You know what it does? It takes away our security. And so security must be bolstered up. So it takes away our liberty. And since our liberty is taken away, we become shackled to the government. That's what's happening. So, people are living in fear, and we're living in the last of the last days. Listen to this. I'll just quote one. I had quite a lot to quote, but I'll just quote one. Just time's flying. David Rockefeller. You know, over here sometimes, I don't know why you say in the country, in Belfast, somebody was acting swanky. They used to turn around and say, Who do you think you are, Rockefeller? Well, that's why. Look at these bankers, multi-billionaires, trillionaires. And notice this. David Rockefeller said this. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. I'll read it again. David Rockefeller. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. Mr. Rockefeller, do you mean like a major crisis? Like, listen, Pearl Harbor? Do you mean like a major crisis like 9-11? What's the next major crisis going to be? That's the days we're living in. That's the days we're living in. Christ is returning. Christ is coming. I want to go back to our reading just for a moment. This would take about another six weeks, but we're not going to labor on it. Your, your attention has been tremendous. Notice what it says. Let me just get it myself. First, who for men shall be lovers of their own self, own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitor, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. This is the people that we live among in our own nation. This is what we see every day. Man lives for self. The greatest God among humanity is I, the God of I. 
He's called the God of pride, the God of me, my will, my way, my feelings, my hurting, my, 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 my. God is nowhere to be found among them. We have a world in chaos with famines, diseases, pestilences, as Jesus said, tsunamis, great earthquakes and mudslides, giant hailstorms, people dying, sicknesses and disease. Last scripture, turn with me please to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Never even got touching Second Timothy chapter 3. That was the beginning of it. Maybe some other time. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with glory, which shall be revealed in us. Praise God. What do you mean, Paul? This is what he means. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption through the glorious liberty of the children of God. For the whole, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Paul says this, look at the world around you. Even the very earth is like a woman about to give birth. The birth pangs have come upon her. Her, 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 her contractions are here. She's needing to lie down. She's going to give birth to something new because that's going to be the manifestation of the sons of God when Christ returns and he changes our vile bodies to be fashioned like unto his own glorious body. This mortal shall put on immortality and this corruptible shall put on incorruption when Christ returns again. Oh, brothers and sisters, it's a manifestation of the sons of God. And the earth will see us, and the unbeliever will believe like in Noah's day, but it was too late. It's too late. If you didn't trust in Christ, it's too late. Are you saved? Are you saved? Go to church now. Church doesn't save you. Coming here won't save you. Listening to this man who gets carried away won't save you. Only Christ will save. Christ alone. Let's spend a word of prayer just for a moment.